With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's a time and a place for black and white. Like when you're learning to play piano. Or when you want a big two-toned cookie. Or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 18 Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. I was about to go real hey. quick with O all day. Joe could be hey. up, no go for style. Let you know the rim's running wild. We got time, It was the other. We were... <laughs> oh. I, I don't want to embarrass him too much. Encore. <laughs> my name is 3K, and I'm here to say, Mice and got bars. Yeah. Now that works, man. Bars. Bars all up. day. Take it off the top. I don't play. This is easy. You got to feel me. The Rams ran over them. They sleazy killed them. Yeah. Rap City, the basement. It's your man, Big Tig. What's up? 3K yeah. in here to show radio. <laughs> Out here with Mike. Yeah, Sorry. That's at M-I-H-G. Nope. No, that's not true. If you want to follow him on Twitter, M-I-G-H-T-Y, Mighty, or Myson. It's your boy, 3K, at 3K underscore. What's up, man? Inside joke. <laughs> <laughs> Fun time. Has, it, has it been uh, any mice in news? Any any mice in failures? Any explosions? Any destroyed <laughs> hardware? Any car troubles? Any life troubles? What's man, going on? I have not. I have not had anything happen. It's been boring, man. I almost you flipped, know I almost flipped my jet ski and, and I went to the lake last weekend and. Or you know, just a weekend getaway, and I almost flipped my jet ski riding the wave of Lake of the Ozarks. I almost flipped my jet ski riding the wave of this huge yacht, (laughs) and I cut the wheel. I cut the turn too hard, made like pretty much a U-turn, going at like forty-five, fifty miles an hour, riding this huge wave, and almost flipped the the jet ski, which would have been bad because you know once you flip it, they don't restart. So, (laughs) but no, that's about that's about as exciting as it's gotten. I've been really chill late, man. What about you? That was a good Trump drop. That was a good not not I was riding this jet ski. I was riding this jet ski from this huge yacht. This huge beautiful <laughs> yacht, by the way. Let me tell you, hey, this yacht, 
It was beautiful. Y'all have not seen a yacht this exquisite. It was beautiful. While I was riding my jet ski from this huge yacht. Um, uh, how to explain the last week of my personal life. I've been dealing with the mafia. Uh, let's hey. close that off and head towards football. Because <laughs> that's a story. I'll tell you. Uh, keep receipts. Put everything on paper. That's all I can tell you. Um, life's been good, man. Life's been good. Handling things. Got the football season. Um, shout out to our listeners. I know we have many in the Carolinas. Love all our Rams fans in Carolinas to follow Tertia Times. Be well. Get the fuck out of there, man. Um, for people who are not paying attention, Hurricane Florence barreling towards the Carolinas, Lower Carolinas, Outer Banks, Wilmington, South Carolina, the low country. Be good, guys, and we'll see you on the other side. But uh, obviously, it's going to be a hairy end of the week and weekend. And uh, we'll pray for y'all. For those of us who pray, for those of us who don't, do your thing. Uh, we'll see you when we see you. You've been paying attention to the hurricane news, man? No. Yeah, well, it's going to be bad. You will be paying attention to it over the weekend because it's going to be a big deal. I don't have uh, a lot to lose. That's the problem. Good for you. That's a wise choice. That is a wise, wise, news wise is depressing, dude. Very depressing. Ain't nothing on the news but the blues. Come on, man. Hey, St. Louis blues. Hey. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. <laughs> something that wasn't bluish was week one. Ooh, that was oh, yeah. a juicer. And I thought so. I, I, I'll say this. It, was, it didn't go the way I thought it would. Uh, the Rams went 33-13 to 13 on the road. Week one, Monday night football, uh, exclamation point on the win, emphatic win, given how things went in the second half. And now they get to come home for a three-game homestand. It's going to be exciting. Um, but we got uh, somebody that's hopping on with us today, a Rams fan of note from Twitter that certainly people on Twitter know. My goodness, it's, it's oh, yeah. our pleasure. It's our honor to welcome in Rams Twitter superfan, Big Russ. What's up, Russ? Big Russ. What's up, Joe? Big How Russ, you doing, buddy? What's, what's up, man? What's up? How y'all doing? Oh, right, man, it's the gravy. Living on the gravy chain. Let's get, let's, let's <laughs> right hit the background. I, let's hit all the background. I don't have At no bars Crenshaw. for you guys, though. I know. You ain't got no At bars. Crench- <laughs> oh. Uh, let's, one step at a time. At Crenshaw Rams. Everybody knows Russ. If you're on Twitter, you know Russ. If you're not on Twitter, you need to be on Twitter so you can follow Russ. Russ, how do you become a Rams fan? That goes back about three generations. My grandpa moved from St. Louis, coincidentally, to Inglewood in the early 50s, set up a little lube station. And he was a big-time Dodger fan, but when the Rams moved there in the early 50s, he hopped on board. So it's just been in the family ever since. What is your earliest? Uh, that's an old school pass down. What's your, what's your earliest memory of a Rams fan? Um, that's probably that's going to be the '99 Super Bowl, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we had the whole family over, extended family, and it was a big event, you know. And I'll never forget my cousin jumping on me and tackling me when Mike Jones. Locked it down. Mikey so Mike. My cousins used to <laughs> jump on me and my cousins used to jump on me and tackle me, but it, there was no football on. That was just what we did on the weekends. Um, uh, 
Russ, we did glad it to have concrete. you on. Well, I know. We got we got a lot to cover, man. It was week one. It was special. You've been a Rams fan for a long time. Mice has been a Rams fan. Well, we all been a Rams fan. This season is special, and we went into this season with a lot of expectations. The game started off slowly. Let let's start with where 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 were our mindsets, Mice? And I'll, I'll kick to you first. As we got to the first quarter, into the second quarter. The the real narrative of the first half was the simple fact that the Raiders' offense and a tight end that we know very well as Rams fans was dominating <laughs> the game plan, uh, and we didn't really have an answer on defense, and we weren't getting things going on offense. What what was your mindset of that first half? What was your assessment of the first half? What did you think of things? My mindset was very simple. This is why you don't sit your starters for the whole preseason. Oh, he went there. He went <laughs> there just, right off the bat. And just Go throw ahead. them in the fire. Oh, yeah, right off the jump. You don't just sit them all preseason and throw them in the fire and think that you're going to have any sort of chemistry, any sort of gel, any sort of rhythm. There's nothing in this – there's nothing about the pass game that you can just – jump on and just go. It doesn't work that way. You have to develop rhythm. And the thing about the passing game is it's not something you can get in practice because the quarterback, for one, can't be hit in practice. And when you're probably young and you're first getting there, you might be timid when you see a pass rush coming in practice, but then you eventually learn they're never going to touch you because they'll lose their job. So you get comfortable in practice. You know, you get a certain level of comfort that you don't get in the game. And when those bullets start flying, it throws things off. You know, and you have to you have to get adjusted to those things. Uh, the best of the best play in the preseason, and the Rams decided not to do that. You know, and I just I never made sense to me. I've know I've been complaining about it, and it showed. You know, you definitely saw the rush. You saw the inability to complete certain plays. You know, so uh, that was my thought. I was just, you know, and they eventually started to click a little bit, and, that, and they I don't think the pass game ever truly got going last night. I think the run game got going, uh, which run is always easier to get going than the pass. But I think the run game got going. The pass game never really did. It wasn't because of pressure, because the Rams line actually absolutely dominated in the trenches. So it wasn't because of pressure. It was just bad timing, you know, getting that rhythm down. But those are easy fixes once you get those reps in. So we'll see how it goes. Russ, what did you think of the game last night, sir? Well, my expectations going into the game obviously are sky high. I mean, everybody, I think, is expecting a Super Bowl run and anything less might be a huge disappointment. But, I mean, I try to stay grounded going into the first week, especially not playing in the preseason. No, you didn't. You did not. Yeah, yeah. all right. You've been watching me on Twitter. I've been ridiculous, you know, but – you know, when it comes when push comes to shove and and we get out there on the field, I try to maintain some sort of sanity so I don't you know break objects in the near vicinity. But uh, when they came out and they you know the Raiders they put together a, a good game plan on the first drive and they yeah. executed and you know I I knew they were going to attack the linebackers and I wasn't really surprised by that. But uh, our offense going three and out was huge disappointment but I was happy to see you know at least coming back in the second half we know they're going to make adjustments I mean last season the Rams were number one in the NFL for a point differential in the third quarter so they came out and went you know 10 to 0 in the third quarter so maintaining that that's good to see I mean you know like Myson was saying the the pass game didn't really click I think 
Goff with the timing. He just seemed like he was a little late for some of those throws. You know, he sailed that deep ball over Robert Woods. But, I mean, there was a lot of good things to get from that game, I mean, especially in the second half coming out and ending, ending up with a 20-point lead at the end of the game, you know, throwing the package in the face. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> Yeah, the perfect image, the perfect image of the game. What was, what was interesting about the first half, oh, where to start? 0-3 for third downs, I think. Um, you know, the, the biggest problem yeah. was that we couldn't get any drives going with any longevity, which meant we couldn't get the quantity, uh, the sheer volume of plays needed to run a lot of the offense. Uh, number two, Jared Goff looked all – you remember some of those passes to Cooper Cup. They had two passes in that first half that I know Myson's dying to keep punching that lack of preseason play. If, if, there, if, there was a, if there was a point to be able to press that button, those passes to Cooper Cup were not hard passes. Those were not deep passes. Those were the kind of things that you just practice over and over and that maybe you need game snaps to be able to verify, and they weren't there early on. Um, that was certainly an issue. And maybe maybe first and foremost, only got Todd Gurley five touches. The touchdown was beautiful, but that wasn't about Todd Gurley. That was the play call and the blocking. He didn't get touched till he got into the end zone. It was a beautiful touchdown uh, play call. Um, didn't use him, obviously, anywhere near enough. Obviously, Sean McVay, the coaching staff, figured that out and uh, was able to get him the ball. On the defensive side, it was about Jared Cook, man. They had a game plan where they were going to attack the middle. We talked about it on the preview when we talked about X-Factors, and I pulled out John Johnson. One of the things I mentioned is if, if you're attacking this defense, you're not going to let Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Donald run things up front. You're not going to throw at Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters and LaMarcus Joyner. You've got to go at the linebackers and John Johnson. That's the, that's the smartest thing you're going to do. They did that. They had a guy that they felt could attack that. And give them credit for the game plan and give Jared Cook for making it happen. They looked like they had their act together in the first half. Um, But ultimately, halftime came, and Sean McVay and Wade Phillips are badasses. And they took over the damn game. And that was the – to me, that was the difference. It wasn't the players. It was that at halftime, Sean McVay and Wade Phillips – figured out what they needed to do to change things, and both of them dominated the second half. To me, that was everything about the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, was just, it was a completely different, completely different game in the second half, and I, I, for one, thoroughly enjoyed watching the defense just get after it. The way that you, the way that you see the, um, the D-line firing off, I mean, they were coming – they were coming every time, and while there there wasn't a, a slew of sacks, you don't necessarily always have to get sacks. Oh, what? And there, there's certain things that don't. Yeah. There, there's this one was up. <laughs> I said, so there, what? Who cares that don't about that? Exactly. Who cares about that? This isn't Sack City anymore. <laughs> but there's uh, there's certain things that don't show up in the box score that truly impact the game, and that's making the quarterback uncomfortable. You're not always going to sack him, but just making him uncomfortable. Derek Carr couldn't really rest back there. There was constant pressure. There was constantly um, the the pocket getting shifted. So those things all played a role. And as you saw, he started the game off on 20 of 24, I believe, for 199 yards. The quick change in that second half, <laughs> you know. So it was just, and it, and it wasn't even it wasn't something that was coming from blitz package or anything like that. They were just getting after them with a three man rush, which is. Really scary, and the one the few times that they were not three man rush was uh, Ebucom, who uh, they were basically using as a down the end, 
was just coming off the edge, so they were just rushing four guys. And they were they were creating a lot of pressure, which is a really scary thought because I'm looking forward to the game where they just start bringing the pressure with uh, blitzes. If they can get this type of pressure with that, this um, uh, undermanned rush, with just rushing three and four, I'm waiting to see what they're going to do with uh, when they have a full full blitz package you put in there. But what did you, you think about the second half of the game, Russ? Yeah, I mean, it was great. They came out and they had adjustments and they started committing to Gurley, committing to the run. And I think that, you know, obviously that set up the play fake and Goff started taking shots, even though he didn't connect on some of those. I like seeing that aggressive play call. Yeah, I mean, he had plenty of time. The offensive line was awesome. I mean, both sides of the ball, the, the game definitely came down to the trenches and we yeah. looked really good on both sides of the ball. Yeah, so, I, guess, I guess, like you were saying about – oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you got it. Well, like you were saying, as far as Aaron Donald not racking any sacks, I mean, that, that interception to Littleton, Aaron Donald yeah. uncovered Derek Carr saw 9-9, and he got rid of it. And it Quit. fell right into the basket. Here's what I was going to ask you, and I'm being literal. I know, you know, we're prone to hyperbole as, as football fans. Was Derek Carr scared? Was he was he literally scared <laughs> of the Rams defensive line? What do you think? Maybe. What do you think, Russ? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think on some level he didn't want to. You know, he's had a back injury, and and I don't think he wants to get, you know, wrapped. I know that he was upset. He looked obviously yeah. frustrated, and he was yeah. upset when you know Donald took out his legs early on on that on that roughing the passer, and I mean that was rightly called, and he was upset. <sighs> kind of let Donald know about it. But you could see him pulling the chin strap off, upset, walking to the sideline. And, you know, he's got to go to the sideline and face John Gruden, who obviously sure. is going to he's gonna tell him what's up. Right. I do like the idea that John Gruden can somehow be more, uh, you know, worrisome than Aaron Donald, that you can be more intimidated by John Gruden than Aaron Donald. <laughs> I mean, I, it's got to be true on some level. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we turn as red as John Gruden did. <laughs> you know, he, he John ahead. Gruden put it all on on Derek Carr. He said, "We'll go as far as this guy will take us." And last night almost seemed like, I mean, the reaction from the media obviously it's overreaction, but the reaction from the media was largely a referendum on John Gruden and trading Khalil Mack and Derek Carr. Yeah. And he doesn't look elite, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So. It was, yeah, it was a bad deal for the Raiders. I got, I got a question for you guys. I, I'm gonna give you, I'm, I'm gonna read Joey's uh, report card. This is Joey O's, Ellie Rams, Rams, Rams. Normally with us tonight. Shout out to Robbo and Joey, uh, with them spirit, not with us in person. Uh, this is Joey's Robo. report card from the game. Uh, we'll go first. Which uh, of these grades you disagree with most? Myson, you're up first. Rush will be next. Which of these do you disagree with? Quarterbacks, Jared Goff gets a C. That's way too high. We're going to keep going. Quarterbacks get a C. <laughs> Running backs, A minus. Tight ends, B minus. Wide receivers, B plus. Offensive line, A plus. Might be too low. Offensive line, A plus. Defensive line gets an A. Linebackers, C minus. Defensive backs, B minus. Special teams, B plus. Overall, A plus with the coaching. Again, Quarterback C, running backs A minus, tight ends B minus, wide receivers B plus, offensive line A plus, defensive line A, linebacker C minus, defensive backs B minus, 
special teams B plus overall with coaching A plus. Myson, what do you disagree with? Um, well, let's start with an A minus for running backs. Why would the oh. why the hell would the running backs have an A minus? <laughs> That's an A plus, sir. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, I'm gonna go ahead and say it because it needs to be said. Todd Gurley has evolved. He is not very- the same. He's not the same player. He's been, he's a better player this year than he was last year, and it's only Ooh. one game in. Why Ooh. am I able to say that after week, one game? Week one, I like it. I like it. Why am I able to say that after week one? Because mm-hmm. I literally am seeing him do things that I've never seen him do before, and it's not just uh-huh. a reactionary thing. I've seen him do it multiple times last night. I've seen him actually put moves on guys, shake a guy in the open field, not, not just try to hurdle him every time but covered a variety of things to keep them on their toes. I've seen him lower the boom on someone. I think I even mentioned it in, in our in a, the staff group chat. I was like, wait a minute, did Gurley just bring the bring the pain? <laughs> he, I've seen him lower the boom on someone. He's, he's rounding off his game right now, and it's really going to help him overall. And But more than anything, I saw Gurley as the most patient I have ever seen him. Oh, yeah. Almost Le'Veon oh, yeah. bell S. I've seen him come to a complete stop. Numerous times to allow the block to set up, see it, and then hit it with. He's quicker than he's been since he's entered the league. This is the quickest I've ever seen Gurley. The most explosive I've seen him. He was. He's a different animal. So a minus. I don't agree with. Um, I don't. I don't know how he can have an a minus. I thought the question. The, 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 go ahead. A question. He definitely was absolutely patient. Why do we credit that to Todd Gurley and not the line? Because you have to, it's a it's a group effort. You, to be patient, you have to allow them to do their job. So, when you have a back who, well, let's just say Gurley, uh, let's say two years ago, you know, 2016 season, Gurley had zero patience. He was just yeah. running to their backs. So you're you're yeah. cheating yourself and you're cheating them as well. Um, when you have that patience, you allow those things to set up. You allow them to do their job, which allows you to do your job, which is smart on your part. Not everyone is that smart, especially when the bullets get to flying. But when you're confident in your ability, you're confident in your, your vision, you're confident in your burst, your ability to make people miss, run people over, stiff on, whatever you have to do to get past, in case you're slowing down to allow those blocks to work, when you have that confidence, that's when you can actually do that because you know you're going to get through that hole as soon as it forms. And not everyone can do that. And that's what that's what I saw from him last night where I was just like, okay, Curly is evolving. <laughs> you know, he's he's gotten better. He, you can see that he's gotten better over this offseason. I'm not even disagreeing. Follow-up question. When we talk about what he did in 2016 and you talk about that lack of patience, why do we discredit Gurley and why not discredit the line? Because it's the same thing. What, I'm asking, you, what I'm asking you, Myson, why do you hate offensive linemen? Just be honest about it. You hate them. Speak on it. <laughs> wait a minute. Speak wait a minute. It. Wait a minute. As a running back, I <laughs> love the offensive line. Mm. I have fed them many times. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell 2.0. I have fed them many times. <laughs> you have to love your run. You have to love your offensive line if you're a running back. It's that simple. I love the line. Those guys are amazing. They're superstars. <laughs> But no, the offensive Russ, line you... definitely is an A plus plus in my book. In my book, one hundred percent. Real quick, Russ, before you before you tell us, and we'll give oh. you those grades again. But before you tell us which one, I do have a question for uh, one Joseph. Here it is: Is Ty Gurley still just Ty Gurley? 
Oh, that, that was a great question from HBWB. Um, the answer is yes. The answer is we didn't know. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't know what that meant. There's. Um, you have to have an environment to let plants grow. You know what Todd Gurley is? Todd Gurley is a plant, and plants take time to grow. They need light. They need moisture. They need great soil. Todd Gurley didn't have many of those things. He had dirt. What kind of dirt plant is he? <laughs> dirt, that's not good. He didn't is have this moisture. A, is this a plant that you sniff, a plant that you just stare at, a plant he, you smoke? He didn't have, he didn't have sunlight. <laughs> He had he had an old bank lamp. He had one of those old shitty green bank lamps. You know the kind that you're like, ooh, this is classy, and then you realize, oh god, no, this is from the library. That doesn't count. Uh, that was what Todd Gurley was dealing with. Then he got real sunlight, and he got real moisture, and he got real soil and fertilizer, and he's starting to grow, and it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I don't want to weaken that analogy by going any further. Russ, quarterback C, running backs A minus, tight ends B minus. Wide receivers, B-plus. That's a free one. Offensive line, A-plus. Defensive line, A. Linebacker, C-minus. Defensive backs, B-minus. Special teams, B-plus. What do you disagree with? Uh, well, you know, I I hate to do this, but I would say the special oh, no. teams. Ooh. You got to downgrade that a little bit. Ooh. You know, last oh. season, the Rams, special, the Rams special teams were the most penalized oh. special teams unit in the NFL. Wait a and, second. Uh, they had a couple. Who is, who is, this isn't hey, Russ. Who is this? They had a couple last. Who is this? <laughs> well, you know, you know, you've got the greatest punter in the game. Russ is dropping all facts, man. <laughs> <laughs> you've got the greatest punter in the game and the greatest kicker in the game. He was great. And, uh, you know, you get great field position, and then it was great. You know, you got Troy Hill out here he holding, blocking in the back. <laughs> hey, he brought and, it. Uh, he brought it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Mike Thomas eating the grass. But oh. Zerline missed the kick, but, you know, he was great after that. He was great. <laughs> he was great. He was great. But, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I just want to see them clean up some of those some of those penalties. And what the problem is, them? the reason why I say that is because now you're going to have to because you don't have Farrow Cooper. Yes, so, very you know, important. I, I, was, I was sad to hear that today. Yeah. For uh, people so who don't know what Russ it, is alluding to, Farrell Coop, uh, confirmed by head coach Sean McVay, going to be out for a few weeks. Uh, that's our primary punt returner, kick returner. What's interesting is that the backup kick returner, Mike Thomas, is also going to make time, obviously higher up on the wide receiver depth chart. Uh, Cooper Cup is the backup punt returner. We saw him in the second half. What's interesting is the Oakland Raiders never kicked off in the second half, so we didn't get a sense of – whether or not Cooper Cup would be the primary backup kick returner, you'd assume so because he took over punt return duties, but we didn't get to see that. And so we may have to enter a position where Cooper Cup is taking over return duties. But, Russ, i got to give it to you. That's an interesting call. That's ballsy, man. That is ballsy. Is ballsy. And I I mean, like everybody, loves, everybody loves Bones. Everybody loves the special teams unit. But, you know, let's just clean it up a little. Let's get rid of some of that Jeff Fisher stuff. You know what, Russ? You got called up from the practice squad tonight, and you earned your spot on the 47. Hey, look at you, man. I like it. Hey, well done. now, Russ, I want, you, I want you to fully understand what this means. This means that you can, you can probably around another 10 minutes expect a couple of DMs, you know, a little bit of profanity, a little bit of profanity, some call-outs, 
But here's the plus side. You you also get a groupie, okay? You will have a groupie <laughs> that's going to hit you up. That groupie's name will be Sosa, so don't be, don't be terrified. <laughs> <G-T-Y> <laughs> or <Mason. laughs> don't be terrified. Well, you know what? You will have a groupie. <laughs> I've been I've been playing DeSosa here for a couple months now, so yes. I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that. <laughs> and the other thing too is on Twitter weekly I post a disclaimer that I will not be held accountable for any of my takes. Most of them That's are emotional. So. That's a good disclaimer. Um, yeah. I'll give you my disclaimer. Uh, this is absolutely correct, and the opinion is that a C is way too high for Jared Goff. Way too high. Jared Goff did not have a C game. He had a bad game. He had a very bad game. Now, here's the thing. I like Jared Goff. Um, I'm excited about his career. I'm excited about his skill set. I got asked. I was doing a radio hit for SB Nation Radio yesterday before the game. They asked me, is there anything you see in his skill set or his makeup that makes you worried about him for the future of being the franchise quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams? My answer was no. I see everything I could possibly want. His arm, his physical makeup, accuracy, pregame reads, which he was way better at, and we should get to that in a moment. Um, the fact that his leadership, the way people talk about him in the locker room, the way that leadership, you know, general manager, head coach, coaching staff talk about him. Everything you want from Jared Goff as a, as a kid, as a – what is he, 23 still? As a 23-year-old kid is awesome. I love it but he played pretty but. damn badly last night, okay? And that's okay. That doesn't, that doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback or that he's never going to get good. He just had a bad night, and that happens. He missed Brandon Cooks. He, he missed Brandon Cooks <laughs> twice. Under th- what did Lindsey Theory say? Executing the play? He, he executed the play by underthrowing him twice, which led to pass interference. Credit Brandon Cooks. I know you Sammy Watkins fans out there like Myson. Loved Sammy Watkins when he wouldn't complete the play. Brandon Cooks was going all out on those balls. And Jared Goff underthrew him. On blast. Jared Goff underthrew him and he got the pass interference calls. Credit to Brandon Cooks for playing those. Uh, He missed Robert Woods multiple times deep. He missed Cooper Cup early on. The majority of his work came through the offensive line, who was giving him protection and the time to find Cooper Cup and play calls that integrated Todd Gurley to a little degree, but also the rest of the team through shorter work. He had a really bad night, and that's okay. When, when you've got Todd Gurley and you know, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, uh, Cooper Cup, and Sean McVay running things, you don't have to be great every night. You can have a bad night and still win by 20 points. That's okay. But we don't need to defend. He doesn't need everybody to come run into his defense when he has a bad night, especially when we win a game by 20 points. You can say, you know what? He had a bad night. We won the game. Come back next week and have a great game, and we'll all be happy. That's all good. Boy, you got, you got some flack for that on Twitter today. Uh, well, here's the great thing, Ralph. This is why I love Twitter. This is the perfect thing about Twitter is that Twitter is not about intellect or evaluation. It's about emotion. It's about emotion, man. And here's the thing. I love emotional people. You know why? Because they are quick to be emotional. If you want intellect, That's you right. need time. You need time to sit down. You need a sip of coffee. You need to think about, you know what? I talked to Russell last weekend, and last weekend he was very emotional. I don't know why. This weekend he was much more sensible. I'm going to need time to think about this. But when you get on Twitter 
and you see something, the first immediate reaction is, fuck you. I have no care <laughs> for anything you have to do. It doesn't matter, man. As soon as you see somebody criticizing Jared Goff, somebody can jump all over it, and that's fun, and that's what makes Twitter Twitter. But it doesn't let Jared Goff play well. It just is what it is, and that made Twitter fun. It was a hell of a lot of fun today, well, for sure. That translation, that's why. translation, translation, my name is Joseph McAtee, a.k.a. You call me 3K, <laughs> and and I am a serious troll. Translation hey. complete. <laughs> if, you, if you ain't trolling, you ain't rolling. What would you say, Russ? What, what, what hey, do you got to say about Twitter? Bar, oh, exactly. You know, that's why bar. back in March I was blocked by half of uh, – Half a turf turf showtime for being an emotional wasn't that troll. Fun? And now look at it. here I am on the podcast. But you know I would I would spin the Jared Goff narrative with a little bit of uh, put a little Homer on it, and I'd say here's a guy who didn't have any preseason reps. Yep, had a horrible first half. Came yeah, out well, in the second I would, half. I wouldn't say he had a horrible first half. I wouldn't say that. Uh, I, I, I don't know, man. I. Yeah, he didn't look very good in the first half. But I, I would mean, say the I would say the offense didn't look good, and that didn't put him in a position to succeed. But I wouldn't say I wouldn't say how much better did he look in the second half than the first half. Not a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I, he had probably two two good throws in the second half, whereas yeah. in the first I would, half I he didn't say have he any. Looked, yeah, I wouldn't say he well, looked think, horrible in the first half. Right. Okay. I think a factor that we can put into this calculus would be he's in he's in the black hole he's making adjustments at the line with the noise you know he's he's commanding the offense so i just would would have liked to have seen less three and outs and more third down conversions i think they were like three for 11 or something yeah and oh for three in the first half hey remember that throw in the red zone that was nearly an interception that was that was horrible exactly well, that, and then that, and then he got stripped back. He, he got stripped back, so. which was all his fault. He was it, holding well, the ball way too long with a strip sack, way too so, long. He yeah. held that ball forever, and then he never felt the pressure. Well, and here's the thing: when your offensive line is playing that good, it gives you the sense that you can hold the ball forever. When they're playing that good, you you start no, to feel like you can hold no, it for seven no, seconds. No, Joseph. No, oh, Joseph. Yeah. No, we are not doing this. We're not playing with Jared Goff. We're going to blame hey. Sean McVay. <laughs> he has not had the live reps to know that he's about to get sacked. We're not oh, doing this, Joseph. No, bad boy. <laughs> so let's do this. Agree. Which which grade do you agree with, Russ? Do we need the grades um, again? I'll run, down, I'll run down the grades. Quarterback C, running backs A-, tight ends B-, wide receivers B+. Offensive line A plus, still not high enough. Defensive line A, linebacker C minus, defensive backs B minus, special teams B plus. Which one do you agree with? Uh, definitely wide receiver B plus. I thought those nice. guys were great. I thought Robert Woods was out there running some amazing routes. Yeah, the guy looked great. He's he's going to be the he's going to be the X wide receiver. I mean he's. He got over the top in double coverage. That was pretty sweet. He literally so. beat them out. He beat double coverage over the top. He beat yeah. the, he beat and, the and, hell out of them. Like, beat them bad. <laughs> Brandon Cooks was working across the middle. I mean, he, he looked like he was carrying that load that Robert Woods was carrying last season. And so, yeah. you know, and, and like you pointed out earlier, 
going up and making a play on those balls and getting those pass interference calls. Yeah. I don't I don't see Sammy Watkins doing that. No. Ooh, that's a segue. That's a free segue. Well done, Ooh. Russ. Ooh. Episode Ooh. one for Russ, and he's already segwaying. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mycin. You Ooh. can have it, Remy Ma. <laughs> no, I, 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 did you say Remy Ma? <laughs> Young Ma, whatever. I, I get confused. <laughs> Young Ma, not Remy They're Ma. All the same. Don't, don't all the make same. me drop rap references. Go ahead. What you got? Hey, Mars. So, I would definitely say that I, um, I thought that the uh, – and we're, we're, we're saying what we do agree with, correct? What we do agree with. Yeah. I do agree with the offensive line only because we can't give it an A++. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, if I could give it an A++, I would. Um, yeah, I just thought the offensive line was absolutely dominant. Like, man, it was it was impressive. Now, granted, they didn't this – is, this is probably the weakest front that we're going to see – this year, right. Um, right. you know, there, there, there's just a lot of there's a lot of holes there. Uh, once you get past Bruce Irvin, then there's not much to be desired. Um, so yeah, that that probably played a role in. I believe two guys on the line had perfect passer ratings for a person <laughs> block uh, passer blocking ratings, uh, which was uh, both uh, Roger Saffold and Austin Blythe. <laughs> both had perfect. Uh, pass blocking ratings. Let that sink in. You know, so I definitely think that um, just overall, it was an unbelievably good performance for the offensive line. Cannot knock that. Cannot knock that at all. If I had a uh, a less obvious choice, I would say that the uh, defensive backs. I would. I, I think I would agree with a B minus. You know, I wouldn't be ashamed to give it a B because uh, I don't think they were terrible or anything like that. I wouldn't be ashamed to give it a B, but I think a B minus is pretty solid. You know, there was a there was definitely – and the only reason there's a B-minus is because of John Johnson. Yeah, he had his nice interception, but he was getting abused before that interception. <laughs> I think it finally clicked for him, but prior to that, John Johnson, he drug the entire defensive back's grade down. He was getting abused, right. and then the key to league, I ran over twice. So, <laughs> right. because of those two things, I would definitely have to have to knock the, the defensive backs a little bit, but – yeah, the defensive backs B minus in the uh, offensive line A plus. Uh, I think is solid. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, you, t- you took my offensive line. That was going to be mine. Is that I agreed with it, but it hey, should have been an A plus plus. Get over it. Well, they were spectacular. <laughs> it was it was what it was. They were incredible. The, the 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 biggest problem is that now it calls into question whether or not Austin Blythe needs to uh, be in consideration for staying on the starting offensive line over Jermon Brown. He played absolutely incredibly in reserve and you know he's only got one more week on suspension we need to think about it uh i i'm glad you brought up defensive backs because you gave me an out uh the one thing i'll say about defensive backs even though it keeps the lead got worked on those uh tackles i would also throw a b minus slash n a because the defensive backs didn't get tested Marcus Peters and Aqib Talib didn't really play cornerback. I mean, I don't mean that in the sense that they weren't out there. They didn't have to cover guys. They, they, they were so good that, that Derek Carr never even looked at them. They took them out of the game. Uh, that was impressive. The one that I'll point to was defensive line, if only because I, I saw a lot of people, and this was obvious, I saw a lot of people from the national media who clearly didn't stay up to watch the game talking about the idea that Aaron Donald had a quiet night because he didn't show up, show up on the stat sheet, that's a pile of bullshit. And, and Sue and Aaron Donald wrecked the offensive line and demanded tons of double teams 
and ended up drawing tons of penalties because they were working all game. There's a reason why Derek oh, yeah. Carr looked scared. And it was because Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue were running things. This is where people who look at stats get confused, is they look at Derek Carr and see three interceptions, and they look at Jared Goff's line, and they say, oh, well, Jared Goff played good and Derek Carr played bad. It's way more complicated than that. The defensive line for the Rams was phenomenal, and they absolutely dominated. And I would say this, I think the Oakland Raiders' interior line did as good as you can possibly do against these guys. I agree. Those guys – they're going to have – and Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald are going to have much, much, much better games than this, and they should get credit. Calicio, Samelli, and uh, whoever else was on that line, they did a great job. And I know they took some penalties, but what else are you going to do dealing with those guys over 60 minutes? You can't handle them. I, I, I would agree with an A. I almost want to bump it up to an A+. Plus. I know they don't have the stats to back it up because they game-planned against it. That first half, they were taking out the secondary and they were taking out the defensive line because they just wanted to work over the middle with quick passes. They did a good job. Then we came in and made adjustments. Russ, uh, awesome to have you on, man, as a guest. Before we let you get out of here, everybody follow your boy. Is it Crenshaw Rams? It's Crenshaw Rams, right? Crenshaw Rams. Crenshaw Rams. Russ, I'll go ahead. Parting thoughts, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Well, we're gonna have you on a great time, man. You know, we gotta. I was kind of worried. I was kind of worried it was gonna be one of those those uh, carry at the prom. Like you're gonna invite me and then dump blood on me and and do the whole embarrassing thing. (laughs) Get me back for you know those. Hey, hey, hey! You never know with us. <laughs> oh, what? We'll what? We gonna have you and Brandon Bate on at the same time? We gonna do that? We gonna carry you for sure? <laughs> uh, he and I are, have become hey, fast friends. For all you guys out there listening, <laughs> you never know when I might hop in your DM. Like, hey, you want to come on? Always be prepared. Check those DMs because it goes down in the DM. <laughs> be prepared, folks. Be prepared. <laughs> Russ, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for coming on, Russ. Absolutely, man. I'll, I'll see you in the comments and. I'll be listening every week. At Crenshaw Rams, I'll let your boy Russ, everybody. That's dope. Good to have Russ on. Mice, that was a good idea, man. That was all you. Credit to Mycin, everybody. That wasn't wasn't anybody else. That was Mycin who said, hey, we got to have Russ on. He made it happen. He made it work. Good job, dude. Yep. Yep. Love it. No problem. No problem. Glad he was Uh, able to do Yeah, that was great. Other thoughts on the game, dude. Uh, is there anything we talked? We talked about the defensive line. We talked about the offensive line. Golf, Gurley. I- I'll say this about Todd Gurley. I don't know that we saw all of Todd Gurley yet. Yeah, I- Todd Gurley is incredible. I don't. I don't know that we saw much of Todd Gurley. We saw the offensive line. We saw the game plan. I don't know that we saw all of Todd. You talked about the patience. That was just waiting for the offensive line. I don't know that we saw all of Todd Gurley yet. I think we saw a lot of Todd Gurley. Like I said. I saw him do things that I've been waiting for three years <laughs> to see him do. Were you waiting for him to do that, or were you waiting for the offensive line and the coaches to do that? <laughs> I was waiting for Gurley to do that. Because okay. here's the thing, and I, I know that I can uh, actually go back and pull up this article, but after the 2016 season, when I was just kind of recapping uh, mm-hmm. how the players played, and, you know, I have uh, gifts of, of of Gurley's runs and showing where he's just going down from on tackles, not even running hard. There's just not in the game, you know. Yeah. Those 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 are examples of times where I actually saw him just 
lose it, you know, just right. just fall out of it. And you still could see – I don't want to necessarily say you could see signs of it uh, last year because like, he was definitely more engaged. But sure. still saw him – if he couldn't hurdle you or couldn't just run past you, you saw – you see him go down a little easier. Whereas this year, this year, he's incorporated so many more moves into his game. He's incorporated yeah. uh, quicker feet. He's, his feet is much – you can tell that he put a lot of work – and his footwork, which I believe comes from working with Antonio Brown. <laughs> he worked with Antonio Brown a lot this offseason. Hey, Antonio yo, Brown. Did Todd Gurley truck him off? Did he finally run through He somebody? legit ran somebody over. You've never <laughs> seen him do that. Gurley is too big to not be running people over. You literally see him, and it was it was on purpose. It wasn't one of those, I was yeah. running really hard, and the guy came from my blind side, and I just have to run him over. No, he saw this guy accelerated and laid it to him, and it was gorgeous. I was just pissed off that he got called back on a holding. <laughs> like, he he definitely uh, has expanded his game in numerous ways. And it's not necessarily just, oh, I want to see you run somebody over, but he was doing more things from the patience, from the uh, riding his blockers, uh, yes, running people over, actually shaking people. I saw him make some cuts that I was just like, wow. You know, saw him doing some jump cuts. It was just – I saw him make one jump cut, and I promise I was just like, Steven Jackson? Because <laughs> Steven Jackson, in my opinion, has one of the best jump cuts I've ever seen in my life. And he just – he's incorporated a lot more into his game. His feet is quicker. I think that we're definitely seeing a different Tiger Lily this year. I'm eager to, so, I'm yeah. eager to see more. Um, you know, the, 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 the problem was that this was such a weird – and I kept saying it. I said it. I don't know if I said it on Twitter. I know I said it multiple times in our Slack room. This was a fascinating game, man. This was a really, really interesting. If you like football, if you like thinking about football, this was a fascinating game. Oakland, their top two receivers were Jared Cook, who had nine receptions on 12 targets, and Jalen Richard, a running back, who had nine, receiving, uh, nine receptions on 11 targets. Next up was Jordy Nelson, a wide receiver, with three catches, three, their top their top wide receiver had three catches. Their tight end and running back combined for eighteen. That's a strange, strange game. It was a it was a weird game for the NFL. If you saw this in college, you would say, "Yeah, that's college football, man." That's how college football is kind of strange like that sometimes. This was the NFL right. on Monday night on week one. This was supposed to be a showcase for the NFL. This was not NFL football. This was funky football. And it was great. I loved it. And it was exciting. Yeah, Todd Gurley getting four carries in the first half, got 16 in the second half. You, you had a lot of weird things going on. Robert Wood, three catches, he had one carry. The, the, the Rams were running that jet sweep. They replaced – I know this is something maybe I, – I, we got to table this because this is something we're going to need more returns on. We talked about Tavon Austin a lot last year and the idea of the value of him on the jet sweep. And, and his replaceability, <laughs> oh, and I the idea, so I know, the, the idea that it wasn't necessarily Tavon Austin, it was just the action, you had Robert Woods, you had Brandon Cooks, you had uh, Cooper Cup, you had, you had damn near everybody coming in and pulling that, that playoff, it was, oh, it was strange, have everybody. <laughs> you know, that's the funny thing about it, this morning I'm getting ready for work, and I'm listening to Good, Good Morning Football, and I'm just, I'm just listening to, because it's like, people still aren't really paying attention to the Rams clearly because of what they said. And they, I don't think, I don't think they watched the, the game. You, 
to, to be fair, I don't think a lot of people can, watch the game. You can go to the Rams' website. You can go to the Rams' website and watch the videos. This is one of the videos posted from NFL Network, and it's actually talking about it's you know it's talking about how afraid or how scary are the Rams' offense or something like that. And they're all talking about it unanimously across the set. Oh, look at this new wrinkle they added to the offense where they run this, <laughs> this sweet play that they've incorporated. They didn't do this before. They worked on it all summer. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? That's all they do. <laughs> That's something that shopping made took from the previous coaching staff. The Jeff Fisher error was doing this. Sure. It comes from it comes from Tavon Austin. Yeah. And and Ty Gurley is on record saying from his rookie season, he's on record saying it makes it easy for him because it it draws so much attention. Yep. And all Sean McVay did was keep doing it. <laughs> and, and it worked. Even after Tavon Austin is still doing it. So this isn't a new wrinkle. They've been doing this for years now, and it just works. Yeah. Yeah. It was strange. It was, it was interesting. I saw that, other teams starting to do it last year. I did. You saw a lot of what? teams doing it this weekend. Yeah. A lot of teams That's started a, doing it last year. Yeah, that's why I'm saying we got to get a bigger sample size because obviously, you know, when you saw teams doing it and we had Tavon Austin, that was one thing. Now we're post Tavon Austin. He's on the Cowboys. Didn't see them doing it a lot. It's it, it's something we got to get a couple more uh, iterations to really understand. It was very interesting. Um, defensively, obviously, Corey Littleton was heavily involved. So so was the rest of the linebacking crew early on. What what do you think about the defense? Uh, Corey Littleton, John Johnson getting a bit abused in the first half. He had the interception, played that game really well. Lamarcus Joyner had a bit of a slip up uh, multiple times in the first half. Uh, Samson Abukum had an interesting game overall. Ramit Wilson had to come in for Mark Barron. What were your takeaways from the defense? You know, I wasn't crazy about Samson Abukum. Um, I just I still haven't seen anything to get me excited. You know, there's, I haven't seen a single flash. You know, through through uh, last season and yesterday's game, I haven't seen a single flash. Uh, I just I just don't know if he's gonna ever be that guy coming off the edge. Uh, I don't. I just right. don't. It's not that it's not that you have to see it back to back to back to back because he's still learning and all that. But I, I'm expecting to see a flash at some point. I have yet to see any sort of flash of potential showing that he's gonna be, you know, worthy of locking down that position. I think right now he. He's got it because who else are you going to get it? Plus, he was hyped in the fourth-round pick and whatever. I just haven't seen it. Um, as far as uh, as far as Rameek Wilson goes, I thought he was average. <laughs> you know, I thought well, he was hey, average. What's wrong with average? average? I thought Corey what's Wilson. wrong with average? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it was nothing. It was nothing. It was nothing bad. It was nothing good. It was just there. He was consistently just kind of there. <laughs> You know, it was nothing really that stood out about him, bad or good. Uh, however, Corey Littleton, on the other hand, and I know we discussed this once before earlier in the offseason, Corey Littleton was yeah. just kind of – he was everywhere. <laughs> you know, and I, I know I mentioned it early in the offseason when I finally went back and just watched the tape on Corey Littleton, watched every game. And every game that Corey Littleton got on the field, whether it was special teams or getting in on certain packages on defense, he was making plays. He was blocking kicks, getting interceptions, forcing fumbles, safeties, all of that. Corey Littleton was making plays last year, so it made me comfortable with the idea that Corey Littleton could do this. I know we had this discussion back in, like, March or something like that. But like, I was like, you know what, I kind of feel comfortable that, that he could do this. And I thought he did a good job yesterday. Uh, I do think that on the on Jared Cook's long, like, 61-yard catch and run, you know, he has to get off his heels because – 
Jerry Cook just shook him. You know, he was on his heels, and I, I think that's going to come with more reps. You know, this is his first time really being in this role of full time, so he's going to get hit with stuff he's never been hit with before. But uh, as long as you could, as long as you see him continue to prove in those areas, I mean, phew, the sky's the limit for Corey Littleton played a good game in my opinion. I will, I will say this: Jared Cook is a talented tight end in terms of his skill set. He's always been a talented tight end. He's been underserved by his timing in terms of where he's at and the surrounding cast. And some guys have careers like that, man, where they just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. I I would say this. If Jared Cook was on this Rams team, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to stand for Jared Cook. I'm just saying, my damn, dude. I would agree he, with that, though. Especially if he especially if he runs the way he was running after the catch yesterday. I mean he was he was going hard after the catch. <laughs> Can you imagine having Jared Cook in this offense? And again, I know Rams fans have this poisoned view of Jared Cook from when he was on the team and you know, drops and those kind of things. But in terms of the skill set, man, that's a guy that I would that's a skill set I would love to have a tight end. Uh I would say this like what you talked about with Rameek Wilson. I have no problem with average at linebacker. When, when, when you've got Dominican Sue and Eric and Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers in front of you, you got the secondary that we got behind us. If average is what we get out of the linebackers, I'm going to be great with that all day. I'm worried about below average. If we get average, we're going to be all right, man. Um, I think yeah. that's going to do it for the recap. The good thing is it's week one. We got a lot of football in front of us. Uh, that starts next week, it's dude. Be with a before real- we do it. We we head back to L.A., the Arizona Cardinals, Sam Bradford, Josh Rosen, Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson, uh, Andre Smith. That's just on offense. Um, gosh, what, 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 we don't have a ton of time. We're going to have another podcast preview in the game. Quick preview. What do you think about this game, man? What do you, I don't even know where to start. It, for, it, Mike Arians is in the booth. Talk, talk about Bruce Arians. What I say, Mike Arians. Bruce Arians in the booth talking about the game. What, what do you feel about Rams Cardinals move forward? I look at the Rams Cardinals game and I look at it as um, that game that you can quickly lose <laughs> because yeah. I, I think the Rams. I think the Rams could possibly struggle with stopping David Johnson. And, I, think, uh, I, I, yeah. I honestly think the Cardinals are one of the most underrated teams in the NFL. They had a really underrated 2017, and they got a lot of new pieces that I like this year. I know they played badly last week, but I, I kind of like the Cardinals. They have, they have uh, a lot of talent around them, let's put it that way. Uh, and the, the interesting thing about it is I think that the very thing that's going to kill them could also kill the Rams, and that's the running game. I think that the mm. the running game for the Cardinals could very well punch the uh, the Rams in the mouth. And But I also think the running game for the uh, Rams could punch the Cardinals in the mouth. I mean, you saw with Adrian Peterson this past week. Adrian Peterson, oh, did you see him shake Patrick Peterson? Hey, oh, my goodness. Adrian, Adrian Peterson I mean, looked he, like Adrian he Peterson. broke him off. He broke him off so bad. <laughs> and not only did he break him off, he shook him. Patrick Peterson caught up trying to tackle him. He shook him off of him and then ran a guy over. I was like, geez, AD, man. <laughs> I saw this it was beautiful. when I was, I was doing some recap stuff. Adrian Peterson had a game. You know what was maybe the most impressive line of the week to me? Chris Thompson 
had five rushes for Washington. His longest run was for 16 yards, but he had a total of 65 yards. Meissen, he had five carries and averaged 13 yards per carry, and none of them were higher than 16. He was ripping off 10-yard runs every time. The Arizona got a legitimate run defense problem. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I say I think that – I think it's going to work both ways. I think the Rams are probably going to run all over them, but I also think that the uh, Cardinals could very well run all over the Rams. Mm-hmm. And it's because I saw I saw this a little bit with um, the Raiders game. And if the if the Raiders if, – if Derek Carr isn't just absolutely petrified of Aaron Donald and, and, and Dominican Sue and Michael Brockers, I think that this could have been a different game because if they stay close, they continue to pound it with Marshawn. And Marshawn was he was picking up five, six yards too consistent. <laughs> you know, it was it was happening very consistently. And so I think that when you look at the Cardinals and you, you have to respect Fitz because while they sure. can throw quick passes with the Raiders, you throw a quick quick pass to Fitz, he's just so savvy with it. That quick pass can quickly turn into twenty yards. <laughs> Just a savvy monster, you know. So, I think the Cardinals are a lot more dangerous than the Raiders. Than the Raiders, just way more dangerous. So it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how the Rams go about trying to attack their run game. How they're gonna figure out to because you're gonna see this happen all year because teams don't really want to face that pass rush from those three down linemen. So you're gonna see teams try to throw a quick quick pass, quick pass, quick pass. How are the Rams gonna adjust to that? How are they gonna stop the quick pass to to really get up in them? You know, are they going to go get out of the zone and start playing more bump and run to throw off the time and get a quick pass? We'll see. But ultimately, I think that this is—I think this could be a very good game. I'm still going to pick the Rams. Uh, no homerism involved. I think the Rams just overall just have too much talent. Uh, they're just far superior than the Cardinals, especially on the uh, offense or not the offense, but the defensive side of the ball. I think they're just superior. Mm-hmm. Um, It's—it's it, going to be—it's going to be interesting to see. How the uh, how the Cardinals tied Gurley right now in beating this offensive line. The Rams may very well have the best offensive line in the NFL. They played like it. They sure as shit played like it last week. Um, it's a long season. I try to hesitate making too many generic statements off of Week One, but yeah, given given how they played on Monday night, the offensive line looked phenomenal. Um, I will say this: two weeks ago when we talked about the college football schedule. You told people to watch UCF UConn, Myson, and I was worried you still about you. It. I just want to make sure you're okay. That was a, that was. I was I was not I was not intellectually nor emotionally prepared for that, and I I don't know what to say about that. I just want to make sure you're all right, man. <laughs> you still on this? <laughs> okay. As long okay. As you look, look. Look, UConn didn't show up. All right, <laughs> they didn't. They didn't show up. I'm shocked. They didn't show up. Let it go. Let it go. UConn Let it go. didn't show up. The 26th <laughs> Amendment in the United States. Um, did, how much college football did you watch from week two? Anything? I did actually. I watched quite a few. I was, I, you know, for years I've been trying to get my dad to watch more college football, and he's finally starting to come around. So, oh, that's good. So you know, I, that's I, a great story. So yeah, so I was I was over there at his house for a couple hours, and I was really trying to school him, like, hey, you know, this is gonna be a good game. Oh, this is gonna be a good game. So I was just kind of going through the games with him, which was fun because getting dad to watch more college football was that's interesting great. because 
Every, yeah. Everything has to be a comparison to the NFL. So he's like, oh, <laughs> they would have caught it that one in the NFL. Or, oh, this and that. <laughs> so it was interesting. But the, uh, I told him, you know, I was like, the Clemson and uh, Texas A&M game. I was Texas like, A&M, that was a great game. game. I, I said, this is going to be a really good game, Dad. You should watch this game. He said, why? I said, because Jimbo Fisher left Florida State game. with that. He said, Jimbo Fisher? I said, yeah. He's like, okay, I'm going to watch that. So he watched that. He enjoyed that game. Great game. Um, I thought that the uh, a surprise game was the Notre Dame and um, – That was fun. Who they played Ball State. Ball State. Ball State. Yeah. I, I, didn't see that. I didn't see that game coming. <laughs> that was a legit competitive game that, you know, that – that I was I thoroughly enjoyed just kind of in between other games, <laughs> but then just kind of flicking back it was just like wow this is really happening. But the game that I really was like wow Michigan State and Arizona. Ah no I thought that was a great game I was going to take it I was sure you were going to say Florida State Samford those are your boys you love Florida State. No, hell no. That was not the game that, that, that ah, I was expecting. Of course, when they struggle against Samford, <laughs> now they're not your boys. Turn coat. Well, no, I didn't say that. I just wasn't expecting it to be what it was. Nobody <laughs> you know, so was. I was. It Nobody wasn't a game that I was Sam to hang with Florida State. Yeah, it wasn't. A game. I wasn't. I wasn't watching that game like, oh yeah, this is gonna. No, hell no, because it was like it's Stanford. <laughs> I was Stanford. expecting seventy-seven not, to three. Not Stanford. <laughs> not Stanford. Yeah. Not, not a game. Stanford. Practice. As in the not Portland a game. Finnegan went to practice. Portland Finnegan's alma mater, alma mater <laughs> took, took, went at it with Florida State. Like, no, I wasn't expecting that at all. So it wasn't a game I was looking forward to. It wasn't a game I was paying close attention to. It was one. Of, it was a game that came across the ticker, and I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> I, was, I was like, wait a minute, hold on. I was like, okay, wow, this is really happening right now. And and it wasn't. It wasn't like, um, oh, you know. They're they're gonna the 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 the, the uh, Florida State they have the, the lead and they're just making no Florida State was yeah. trailing <laughs> yeah. they were they were actually trailing <laughs> yeah they were trailing good too so it was like oh wow this is this is really happening right now huh and it it really just came down to a DeAndre Francois beautiful pass to Trey McKitty yeah uh, absolutely beautiful um, and then of course the two point conversion. And then the you know the sixty three yard interception just kind of sealed the game. But that pass to Trey McKitty, it was gorgeous. Uh, some said that they don't even think he tried to throw it to him. I think he did. If you just go back and look at it, it was just beautifully done. So I know they're happy to have DeAndre Francois back. What uh, what was your game, sir? Other than the one I took from you. Well, Clemson's A and M was phenomenal. Um, I mean, there's just a great game. It's one of those things. And the for people that haven't seen, look it up and look at the call of. Uh, the wide receiver who fumbled right at the line. I forget which wide receiver it was. Um, and, and look oh, at Kellen uh, Mond. I forget who it was, the, yeah. the wide receiver that fumbled right at the goal line. It, it, it was one of those calls, and this is one of those things that you, you don't want to happen to your team because there's no way for the referee to answer this right. It, he fumbles it right over the pylon. And so if it goes out of bounds, it's first and goal at the one. If it goes through the end zone, it's a touchback and the other team gets the ball. So it's completely on the referee to try to decide within, you know, a half of a second and one inch, whether it went over the goal line or out of bounds and whatever they call, there's no way you're going to overturn it on replay because it's too damn close. 
And it's one of those things where it's just lose-lose, and it sucks when it happens. You just don't want that to happen. There's, it's, it's a lose-lose-lose for everybody involved. It's a, lose for, it's a lose-lose for both teams, and it's a lose for the fans and, and people watching because you, you, want the, you want games like that to be decided on the football, on the skill, and on the execution, and not on, you know, a guy loses the ball and it goes out, and you can't, you can't really decide – where it went out of bounds is too unfortunate, but overall it was a really fun football game. Kellen Mond, the quarterback for A and M, played a hell of a game. I know Clemson's incredibly talented. A and M's got a lot to work on in year one under Jimbo Fisher, but at A and M, that was a really fun game. Um, UCLA Oklahoma never developed. Chip Kelly's got a lot to deal with with UCLA. You can move on for them. I know we got a lot of USC fans, Myson. Um, they didn't really show up. They got, you know, JT Daniels. He's a freshman. The offense looks uh, in the offensive line. Uh, I, I would say this. Stanford didn't look dominating. USC just didn't look up to it. And that's it's a difference. When, when you look at the Rams Raiders second half, and you can say, look, the Rams really stepped it up in the second half, and they, they played the kind of game that made it hard for the Raiders to really compete. I wouldn't say that about the Stanford defense and the USC offense over the course of the game. It was a lot of self-inflicted uh, difficulties. Um, we'll see. It's a long season for them. We'll have to deal with it. Michigan State, Arizona State was a lot of fun. I know that game was late. I stayed up for it. That game was a lot of fun, man. Uh, Lewerke didn't have a great game uh, for Michigan State. And Arizona State pestered them, and they dealt with them, and they were able to get the win late. That was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, I will say this. I don't know if you know this. Uh, in all of college football, there's one quarterback, obviously. There's always one quarterback. But in terms of quarterbacks, in terms of who's averaging the most yards per game, do you know who that is? Averaging most yards per game in college football? Who, which, which quarterback in all oh, of college yeah. football is averaging the most yards per game? Who? I feel it's, like I know this though. It's Mason Is Fine it the Hawaii quarterback? from the University of Motherfucking North Texas. Oh, you can <laughs> all bow down. I should have known, dude. If you were asking to have something to do with you Texas, can all so bow down. Know. Oh, that note, we're going to end the show. <laughs> it's amazing. Right? No, we ain't going to talk about North Texas. Uh, not going to waste your time. Uh, we do have some fun stuff coming up in week three, man. Week three's got – the schedule's a little bit better than week two. Uh, Florida State early against Syracuse. That's going to be on ESPN. You get Oklahoma, Iowa State. That's going to be a weird one. That's at Iowa State. We got a lot of preview stuff coming up. The big one, though, in the middle of the day, LSU-Auburn. Oh, my. That's juicy. Boise State at Oklahoma State. I know that's at the same time. It's going to be hard to flip channels for people. Whether, whether you want, if you're watching for NFL talent, you want to watch LSU Auburn. If you're watching for general interest, both of those could be really good. Uh, you get into the later stuff. Alabama plays Old Miss. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette is going to play Mississippi State. That's going to be funky. If you haven't seen Mississippi State, yeah. Go ahead and look at Montez Sweat. He's going to be a legitimate candidate for the uh, Rams in the 2019 draft. And then late, uh, yeah, Ohio, really State at, Ohio State at TCU. That's going to be at Jerry World. At the same time, USC at Texas. That is weird. That's a weird, weird, weird game. Washington at Utah, Pac-12. A lot of college football stuff. 
We got to get the preview stuff next week. It's going to be fun. I didn't want to waste too much time with it. Number one quarterback passing yards in the country. I had to do it, man. Don't blame me. Don't blame me, Mice. I'm, 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 yeah. <laughs> Who the hell has North Texas even played so far? We played SMU. We played Incarnate Word last week. You wait, know who we played wait, next? Wait, now, here's stop, a, stop, yeah. stop. <laughs> You're not just going to say incorded word and just I had pass to look over up. that. Like, you just say incorded word. <laughs> I had to look up. I was really worried. I was really worried. When I, looked on the, when I looked on the schedule, I was like, shit, is this a football team or are we playing a church? We might, we might <laughs> just be playing a church. We might not even be playing a football team. No, it was a re- it's a real team. Word. <laughs> it's a real team from SCS. You know who we play next week? You know him well, Arkansas. Mizzou fan. Arkansas. Now that's a game. That, hey, that's a game, man. That's going to be fun. And Arkansas yeah. last le- lost last week to Colorado State. So uh, I'm wait not- a minute. Pause, pause, wait. Wait one Go ahead. Here. Have your time. Have I your time. To, I just have to go look up this score. You guys let a corded word score 16. <laughs> what the hell? How the hell did they get on the scoreboard? You had a low scoreboard at what? <laughs> they let, the they they let a corded ward. They let a corded ward running back rush for 139 yards on 18 carries. <laughs> what are the chances we have somebody who listens to this podcast from Incarnate Word? There's probably a point oh 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 one chance, and just our luck, that person is listening, and they're like, "Yeah, screw you." <laughs> it might be Raquan Dickens. It might be the running back from Incarnate Word. Raquan Dickens, get at us, yeah. man. How about you, boy? Um, Thirty-nine yards. Hey, he had a nice day. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about a rest of the defense. It is what it is, man. The Rams had a great week to start the 2018 season. 33-13 to 13 over the Oakland Raiders. Great halftime adjustments. Phenomenal offensive line play. It's done. We're 1-0. We're the only team in the NFC West that won a single damn game. We're headed towards week two in Arizona, man. We're headed towards week two preview podcast. What do we need to talk about? What are you interested yeah, yeah. in? Hey, we got to talk about getting ready for these Cardinals. You know, we definitely are going to see – them face off against uh, Patrick Peterson in a solid secondary, a good pass yeah. rush. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see how this goes. There's going to be a huge jump from the Raiders to the Cardinals. It is going to be a huge jump, but uh, guess what? I think we're ready for a huge jump. Yeah. I think this team is ready for a huge yeah. jump. I think Todd Gurley is ready for a huge jump. I think Jerry Goff's ready for a huge jump. I think Jerry Goff's ready. I know we're talking shit about him, but I think he's ready for a huge jump, man. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely going to be a good well, game. I'm looking forward to it. Then guess what? But we're going to holler at y'all we later. We'll get into it the more on Friday. <laughs> holler at your boys. Yeah, yeah. Go rain. Yeah. Redden here. I'm a pumping iron man. If Eric can't get it, I will and I can. I'm strong as it come, but I've got a brain. And stopping me is like stopping the train. I'm Carly. General of the I make the calls, I'm the coaching LB. This motorcycle, this has got style and class. If you come my way, I'll knock you on your ass. Okay, it's your name's intimidated. I pass it my way, I'll see you later. Quick on my team, the ladies agree. Before they know it, they'll ram it with me. Yeah.
Dice man coming, the royal is the name. I cover the corner, interception my game. Score more than anybody else on the D, cause I move like a cat as you will see. The guys call me dick instead of dick, son. I lead the reins, I'm the ram top gun. They say I'm as smooth as a runner can be, even sweetness than the others are talking about me. I like to dance and have a lot of fun when it comes to ladies, want a brainy one. But enough about me, we hit a ram it, you see. If you ram it just right, you can ram it all night. Be good in the Carolinas, y'all. We love you. We'll see you next week. A rare, serious Easter egg at the end of the episode. I can't do that. Uh, I need to come out of them. Uh, kiss my ass, David Carr. Derek Carr. Kiss my ass, the entire Carr family. How about that? It's so hot outside. Time to go bowling. Stay cool at Bolero. With air-conditioned lanes, ice-cold beer, and a striking selection of signature cocktails. Roll in, chill out, and have fun. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. It's so hot outside. Time to go bowling. Stay cool at Bolero. With air-conditioned lanes, ice-cold beer, and a striking selection of signature cocktails. Roll in, chill out, and have fun. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.